This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up today on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, we check in with Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley's Guide Service. He's actually on the way back from his boat dealer with a new toy, something he wasn't ever going to get. We'll talk about that and a ton of other stuff, too. Plus, the aquatic biologist steps in to tell us the most populous fish in Lake Bemidji. I got my fishing pool keys, tackle box in my hand. Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand. Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man. But the wife, she just don't understand. I love walleye, perch, trout, and bass. And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back. Because the fishes all tremble at the thought of me when I'm fishing for Bunyan Country. This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, good to have him back on the show. It's Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley's Fishing Guide Service, uh, who is not in studio. Usually he pops in because he's just down the road, but he's out and about getting uh, his boat uh, fixed or added to. What's going on, Dick? Hey, Cal, well, good to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm, I'm just on my way back uh, home to Bemidji from... Fergus Falls, um, my boat dealer, that you know, I run a room of crap boats and, and Frontier Marine and Kev, we've talked about this a number of times over the last couple of years probably since this so-called forward sonar came about. Yes. And <laughs> Kev, I bit the bullet. Oh no! <laughs> I, I tell you, so I'm in Lowrance Electronics. I have all my life, so I've got what's called the Active Target Two, and it does the same thing as like a Hummingbird or a or a Garmin Life Scope. You know, same same concept. They're all pretty much the same. And um, I tell you, the, I, the more and more I saw people using it, and then a friend of mine from Grand Forks has a cabin on the north end of lake bemidji and i knew he had one so a couple weeks ago i had a time after a guide trip and he was there and so he took me out just i wanted to see if i could even gosh dang you know turn the thing on i'm you know <laughs> you know me i'm not real tech savvy right so so Kim, we get out onto this little hump and he puts his he has a garment he puts the the pole down and he goes on this, this one over there about 30 feet so he flips out a chicken wrap, and I'm watching it fall on the screen, and he gives it a couple of pops, and boom, 20-inch walleye. Whoa. So, so then he turns the scope, and he sees about four or five of them sitting off the edge of the brake on this hub. So he he flips, over, flips a chicken wrap over there, and, you know, they he landed pretty close to him, and he gave it a couple of rips, and a couple of them came over and looked at it, and then went back the other way, so then he flipped out a quarter-ounce jig with a paddle-tail plastic on it, and boom, smacked another one. So, Kelv, I tell you, you know, I'm not going to be one of these people that are just on it constantly, but to eliminate a lot of water and for, like, to have guy clients be able to say, you know, gosh, there's a group of them over here, you know, cast your jig or cast your bait that direction, you know, it definitely eliminates... A lot of water, but uh, I, I, I that there aren't fish holding. But saying all that, you know, you still got to get the darn fish to, to bite. You know, and, yeah. and you know how it can be sometimes. You can find them on 
you down scan, side scan, whatever on you know your your uh, forward live forward sonar, but you still got to make them bite. But it, you know what? It, what I really noticed, Kev, is is you can drop different baits down and you, you see how they react to them, and so you can kind of you know eliminate some baits that they're not interested in. So. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to go play around with it on the water tomorrow before a guide trip and um, just see if I can figure out how to use the darn thing. <laughs> okay. Wow. Look at you, Mr. Modern. Oh, well, listen, I, I never thought I'd, I'd fall, but I tell you, after talking to some guys around town that have them and, and, uh, and, every, and other people, it's like, well, you know, I'm not getting any younger, and uh, these young guys, some of these young guys, you know, that have them now, you know, they're they're um, they're they're fishing circles around a lot of people. So, it, you know, it might be able to get my guy clients on uh, maybe a few more fish a little quicker. That's all. All right. Well, speaking of getting your guy clients on fish, uh, what's been biting in Paul Bunyan country lately? Well, I tell you what, Kev, the walleye bite about the last 10 days to two weeks um, has picked up. But then it kind of goes through ups and downs a little bit. You know, we for a while there, we were getting these gosh darn fronts coming in every other day, and that always kind of makes it a little trickier. But I'll tell you what, we've been catching walleyes on jigs and minnows again, which is kind of nice to see as we, you know, as we head into the Labor Day weekend, which I can't believe it's Labor Day weekend coming up. But um, so we're starting to slowly get into a little bit of a fall pattern on the walleyes. The bass fishing has still been very, very good, and um, most of the time we've been getting them out on the deep weed line. But I was out with some folks oh last week one day, and the wind was blowing, and and we uh, the the fish were blown up off this point in about three foot of water, and we we're throwing swim baits. And uh, I'm telling you, sometimes it hit that three-foot water on a gravel bar, and those fish were just pounding the darn thing. So, so the bass bite's been good, and we're still catching crappies and bluegills out on those deep-water uh, cabbage areas. And I, I had a dad and his two young kids from Rochester out yesterday, and the kids had a had a ball. I, I put the kids on slip bobbers and minnows, and so you know, young kids they have fun watching that bobber go down and. And uh, the dad and myself, we were just casting small little 16-ounce jigs and plastic tails and pulling them through the cabbage, and yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Now they're saying that though, Kim, there are a few lakes where the crappies are kind of uh, some of them, not all of them, but some of them are starting to kind of migrate out to those deeper basins, which will where they will set up, uh, you know, once we get into the fall, and they'll be up there in those deep basins all winter long. Okay, well. Um, we, we're supposedly going to be getting into the prime fishing time. Uh, you know, the, 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 I don't think that the fall bite will kick in real soon, although we haven't had a particularly hot summer, so who the heck knows? You know, that's exactly right, Kev. And, you know, this coming up Labor Day, you know, it's, we're talking, talking low to mid-80s for about three days, and but the water temperature is slowly starting to come down. Now, it hasn't dropped, you know, a lot, but when you first get out there in the mornings, that water temperature on some of the lakes is in the upper 60s or around 70. And then, you you know, if you get a, a, a warm afternoon, the surface temp might move up a few more degrees. But, you know, with the shorter days now, 
the sun uh, isn't quite as high in the sky as it was earlier in the summer. So um, even though it hasn't been real cold, you know, any real cold nights, the, that water temperature is slowly starting to cool down, and that's always a good thing for to get that fall bite going. Okay. Well, um, you know, bass fishing, I know you love it, and uh, I've just heard lots of good reports about fat bass fishing right now. Um, so, I, I mean, if you're looking for action and fun action, that's that's probably still choice number one right now. Oh, yeah, Kev. If, you know, I always ask guide clients, you know, what they'd like to fish for. And, and you know, a lot of people, you know, when you ask them, they go, oh, we just, you know, we want the rod to be bending. And if that's the case, I almost always take them bass fishing. And we'll catch and release on the fish, take lots of pictures. But, gosh darn it, Kev, you can get out there and, you know, if you're out there for a half-day, four-hour trip, I mean, if you get on a, you know, on a, with a really, you know, really going, the weather's been stable for three, four days or so, you know, you, you could you could potentially catch 50 or 60 nice ones in a four-hour trip. And and uh, I tell you, I don't know too many people that no matter what species of fish it is, that if their rod's bending over quite a bit, uh, they're happy campers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I know I love it when we go bass fishing. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what are the bass biting on right now? What do they want? Yeah, you know what? Uh, a lot of plastics. I, You know, I fish a lot of tube baits. You know, we usually use about an eighth-ounce um, jig head, and then we use a three-and-a-half-inch plastic tube. And if folks don't know what the, a plastic tube is, it's basically um, it looks like a, a small cigar almost. And then it's hollow in the middle, and you slide that that jig all the way up to the very front of the, the plastic, and then you poke the eye of the jig head out through the top, and then it's got, oh, probably 20, 30 of these scintillating little tails that are right behind the hook. And I like using, you know, a, a smaller jig like an eighth ounce because that hook kind of, it kind of hides down in that plastic a little bit. And you can swim it if you, you know, if they're not right on bottom, you can kind of swim it through the cabbage and then some of the coontails so you don't get hung up quite as much. But it is, uh, it's a lot of fun. But, again, a swim bait. And uh, for those folks who don't know what that is, it's basically a jig head with like a, a three-and-a-half, four-inch paddle tail, plastic. And you, you cast that out, and when it hits the surface, you just start doing it. You can just do a steady retrieve, and a lot of times they'll pound it or... You can fish it like, you know, if you're casting for walleyes and kind of work it back, you know, pop that up and off the bottom and stuff. So that's been a real, you know, good way to, to catch fish uh, this time of the year. And, and then, if, you know, if you want to get out there real early on a nice calm morning before that, you know, the, when the sun's just barely coming up, you'll still catch them up in the real shallow water on top waters. And there's nothing like, you know, uh, the thrill of when they bust on that bait, on a topwater bay, whether it be a plastic fog or whatever it might be. But the key is, you know, most people where they they have a little problem with hooking those fish, when they all of a sudden that bass blows up on that topwater bait, your first instinct is to man, rear back on that rod and set the hook. And nine times out of ten, you'll, you'll, you'll pull it out of their mouth. They haven't had a chance to clomp down on it. So what I tell my guide clients is when you get blown up, Count, go one one thousand, and then set the hook, and then most of the time you'll get them hooked, and that's a lot of fun. Dick Beardsley is his name. Fishing and running is his game. We got a lot more to cover with Dick next, including the Fast Five to wrap it up.
I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. Be the traveler, be the adventurer, and be a trailblazer in Bemidji, Minnesota. Plan your visit to Bemidji today. Enjoy unique lodging, engaging hospitality, and outdoor adventures in a pristine, natural setting. Fish over 400 lakes or explore over 160 miles of bike trails. Then wind down with an award-winning pint from Bemidji Brewing. From hiking to canoeing to golf and live music, there's so much to explore. Plan your adventure at visitbemidji.com. Bemidji points to further. This is Mandy Year, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Talking late August and early September angling with Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley's Fishing Guide Service. And Dick, with that new toy you have, of course, uh, that helps with the walleye fishing, um, even in the dog days. Dog days ain't what they used to be, Dick, because with this uh, equipment and our knowledge and our better gear, um, we can find a way to catch walleyes. It's not hot and heavy, but we can find a way to catch walleyes. So if we got that out-of-town, out-of-state relative who says, No, I hear about walleyes. That's what I need to catch. Where should we uh, Where should we be looking right now? Yeah, that's, a, you know, they're, they're not into that transition yet, you know. and um, But so we're still finding a lot of those fish calves on some of the deeper water humps where they're a lot of times if it's like midday or the sunshine and they'll be on right where that hump kind of drops off into deeper water and you'll find them scattered around those humps but you know me i love long line jigging and we we work the deep weed edges and you know i try to when i first start out with clients uh, I'll, i'll have the boat so we're right on the edge of that weed line and but sometimes they're not right on that edge and they've moved out a little bit deeper, maybe as the sun's shining or it's a little bit later in the day. And so just keep working your way out. And then a lot of times you'll find those fish. You know, we, the, the last week or so, we've been finding a lot of those walleyes off the weed edge. Let's say the weed edge is at 14 feet. We've been finding them in like 16 to 20. So, you know, don't give up on that weed edge. They, they still hang around there because they can get in there for, you know, there's bait fish and everything in there. But sometimes they, they just want to move out to that little deeper water. Sometimes that water is just a tad cooler out there, and it makes them feel a little bit better. Okay. Well, um, again, it's it's funny how we've changed so much. And I, I think I've talked to you about this, you know, in the early days of doing this show. I had to do it through August, and that was painful, man. Uh, it's not right. pain. it's not painful anymore for a couple of reasons. A again, we're we're smarter in figuring out how you can catch walleyes anytime. B there's more and more people who are interested in more and more species, so I can spend more time talking about the crappies and the bass and the fish that are biting this time of year. Absolutely, Kev, and that's the key. You know, whether you have the, this modern technology or or not, you know, if you're out after walleyes and the bite just isn't going that well. Boy, you know, switch it up, and because usually you can get something going, whether it be you know bass or the crappies or bluegills or some nice jump up perch, or, or you know, <laughs> you can always get the pike going. It seems like so if you're willing to you know switch up your tactics. Some days I don't care what kind of electronics you have on your boat. Some days those catching them walleyes is like pulling teeth, and so switch up, try something else, and. Um, You'll still get some rods bedding out there, and that's what it's all about. Absolutely it is. And 
Oh, fishing is so much fun, and, and, and you just see it more and more people get involved. What I'm excited about is I just keep seeing, uh, you know, that next generation. And I there was a stretch. You weren't seeing that. And now, you know, with, with bass angling and with social media and people seeing it, uh, that next generation is really getting into fishing, and, boy, they're pretty darn good, too. Absolutely, Kim. And you know what? I know not many good things came out of that whole COVID episode three years ago, but one of the things I think it did do is families were looking for things to do, and, you know, the one place that you, you were a little bit more safe was being in the great outdoors. So I think a lot of these young people um, got the chance to go fishing and found out how much fun it was. And, like, the the dad and the the his nine-year-old daughter and six-year-old son I had out yesterday, I had the dad and, and the daughter out last year. And so this year they brought the little boy along also. And they, I mean, they had so much fun. The, the little girl says, this is the best fishing I've ever had in my life. And, they, you know, when we got done and, they gave me a big hug, and they said, well, we can't wait to come back to Bemidji next year, Dick, so we can fish with you. So, you know, you get these young people excited about it. You know, like my little fishing buddy Sam and his little brother Joey. You know, we started getting them fishing at a young age, and now they just can't get enough of it. So I, it's a great thing to see, and um, I tell you, the, 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 the great outdoors has been such a big blessing in my life, and I just, um, I'm glad that that we're able to pass it on to those younger folks out there because, you know, when I'm long gone, uh, hopefully they'll continue to have great fishing here in the Bemidji area. Uh, I, I expect they will. Um, you know, I, I hope you're not uh, long gone for a long, long time, Dick, but I expect, Me too. <laughs> I expect the fishing will continue to be good. Um, so as you get ready for fall, what are some of the, the signs you see that says to you, okay, we're getting into that fall pattern now, and uh, I need to be doing blank? Yeah. So what I look for, I'll back it up a little bit, Kev. In the spring, it seems like when that water temp- temperature warms to about 60 degrees, now I'm talking walleyes here, it seems like, man, it just triggers that bite. Well, then in the fall, when that water temperature drops, below 60 degrees it starts triggering that fall bite and then as we get the water temperature into the 50s and then eventually into the 40s typically the the bite just continues to get better and better and now there is one little thing we go through a lot of times it's you know mid-september maybe late september it all depends on the weather as far as temperature wise but we get that fall turnover and that's where the the warmer water on top sinks down and mixes in with the cooler water on the bottom. And right now, Kim, on many lakes, the, there's a thermocline. And what that is, on like some lakes, let's say uh, it's 30 feet. And you can see it on your graph. So there's just not enough oxygen below that thermocline for the fish to survive. So you'll, it eliminates a lot of water. And so you'll see some of those fish right above the thermocline. But in the fall, once that mixes up, then there's the same amount of oxygen from top to bottom, and then the fish can be anywhere. And typically, you know, when you get full turnover, a lot of times you'll notice the water is a little bit mixed up a little bit for two, three days. It's a little murky, and that can, that can be a little bit of a tough bite. But once that water clears up and stuff, and then that's when the fall bite really gets going, and, oh, man, 
you know, it, it's a lot of fun. In fact, Kev, you know, and the, the colors are changing. In fact, the colors are already starting to change. I, I'm already noticing some some uh, some colored trees uh, starting to come out. So uh, we're getting towards that fall period, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. Well, Dick, if uh, people want to get some fall and or late summer fishing in with you, how do they go about doing that? You betcha, Kev. They can give me a call or text me at 218-556-7172 or email me. It's real simple at dick at dickbeersley.com or you can go to my website, dickbeersleyfishingguide.com. All right. And, Dick, uh, if we're going out fishing this weekend, uh, what should we be fishing for and where should we be hanging out? Well, I tell you what, if, if you're going after walleyes, again, we're still pretty much into that summer pattern as far as where you're going to find them. Um, but like I said, you know, leeches are about impossible to get now, but, you know, pulling a spinner with night crawlers, a live bait rig, rig with night crawlers, jigging a minnow or a live bait rig with a, like a red tail minnow, it's all going to be working. Bass fishing, same thing. It's going to be up, you know, on the edge of those deep weed edges and those crappies. They're not going to have moved out to the deep basins yet. So it's going to be a warm weekend. It's probably going to be a lot of folks out. It's the last, you know, big weekend before all the kids got to go back to school. So, you know, if you're at a, a popular lake and there's a few people wait, waiting in line to uh, put the boat or get it out, excuse me, and if they need a little help, hey, instead of getting upset, offer a helping hand and everybody will have a great time this Labor Day weekend coming up. Absolutely. All right, before we let you go, Dick, we got to do a Fast Five. we got to. Oh, I love the Fast Five, Cal. All right, here we go. Fast Five, Dick Beardsley. Fast Five, 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 Five. Question number one. Got milk? Cal, yeah, you know what? I grew up milking cows when I was a kid and stuff, drank milk. That's all we drank. And uh, now I'll be honest with you. I can't remember the last time I actually drank a, a glass of plain old white milk. Now, I, I, I will drink a little chocolate milk once in a while, so no, it's, it's, I don't know why I don't drink it more, but I don't. Okay. Uh, see, that was going to be my next question, white or chocolate milk, and you already answered that. If you have milk, it's oh, going to be chocolate. chocolate. all the way. <laughs> all right. Yes. Question number two, you golf and you run, or rather you fish and you run, but if they told you you have to do one of these things, are you going to the golf course or are you going to the tennis court? Oh, I'd go to the golf course for sure. All right. Yes. <laughs> they have carts. <laughs> yes. Question number three, going back to Dick's younger days when he was watching cartoons every Saturday morning before he went hunting, fishing, and trapping. Uh, are you a Looney Tunes guy or a Disney guy? Looney Tunes all the way. Yes, sir. I agree. <laughs> agree. I love Looney Tunes. They're the best. <laughs> yes, uh, they are. All right. Question number four. You are the first person I've asked this one of. So here we go. Uh oh. What is your favorite book? <laughs> Okay, I was just talking about this with a guy client yesterday because he said his daughter reads all the time. Kev, I am not making this up. I think the last time I actually read a book was I was probably in seventh grade, maybe, maybe sixth grade. Now, I read a lot of my outdoor publications, but as an actual book, 
I, I can't even, it's got to be close to 50 plus years ago <laughs> that I read a book. Okay. It's uh, embarrassing. <laughs> all right. All oh, right. No. Well, you know, that's okay. That's okay. You're a busy man. You're a busy man, Dick. <laughs> that is an account. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Question number five. What is the best Bill Murray movie? What is the best Bill Murray movie? Oh, man. I, I think I'm going to have to go. It's it's either Caddyshack or Groundhog's Day. I think I'm going to go with Groundhog's Day. I 100% agree with you. Groundhog Day oh, is my I favorite, can't. too. Yes, yes. Absolutely. And Bill Murray, what a... What a what a creative, fun guy that person is, you know? Oh, he yeah. really is. He, re- he absolutely is. All right, there you got it. The latest five from Dick Beardsley. And uh, you know what? If you want to, I'm sure you can go on his Facebook page and give him suggestions on great books he can read. <laughs> exactly. Jeff, thanks, as always, for having me on. And, and I want to wish everybody a safe, fun, uh, happy fishing Labor Day weekend coming up. The doctor is in. Dr. Andy Hafes, aquatic biologist of Bemidji State University. Yes, indeed, it's time to ask the aquatic biologist. Hi, this is Chuck Hasse on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, doing my part to keep Kev Jackson employed for another year. Ask the aquatic biologist. Hi, everyone. Again, ask the aquatic biologist, Dr. Andrew Hafes, another interesting question i love this question uh, that one of your students came up with and i'm interested to hear your answer uh the question is what is the most populous fish in lake bemidji yeah that's a, a pretty tricky question yeah. i have a we'll call it an educated guess okay. uh, i think it's yellow perch i think they're like when we do our sane hauls on lake bemidji that's by number that is probably the most frequent one uh at other, it's possible that there are some fish that we're not sampling effectively, uh, that there could be more. But I'd be pretty shocked if it wasn't yellow perch. So just as an example, um, there have been some sane halls where we got a lot of, you know, darter species and other things that are near shore, minnow species in particular, uh, that could be potentially be pretty populous. But I think my best guess is yellow perch, and I, it might not even be that close. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I didn't think it was musky. No, uh, <laughs> definitely not. Well, and, and when you talk about yellow perch, I mean, a it is a uh, it is a much preyed upon fish by pretty much every other fish species that's on Lake Bemidji, I would think. And of course, it's a we're catching a ton of them too. So there's got to be a bunch in there. So we have every year that I've been at the university, we have done enough seine hauls to generate a near shore population estimate for the age zeros, and it's always been two to four million fish. Okay. So that's, you know, when they're in two inches long, that's how how much our estimate says there is within the, you know, first hundred yards of the shore. Wow. You know? So there's, there's quite a few of them. Wow. Yeah. And that seems like a reasonable guess. I would have thought maybe a minimum of some sort, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we occasionally we'll get sane halls where there's just a, a whole bunch of them, but it's much more common for us to get sane halls that have an enormous amount of yellow perch in them. Okay. So. So so where does musky fall into the population level? 
every level in the ecosystem you go up, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter, right? Yeah. So if I said there's, you know, millions of yellow perch, there's hundreds of musky in that system. Okay. His best guess, I don't think you're going to get much argument from anybody. Uh, he says the most populous fish in Lake Bemidji is probably yellow perch. Somebody's got some info I don't. Give me a call and, and tell me about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Andrew Hayes, thanks for your time today. All right, thank you. Kev, I love your show. I love listening to it always.